and welcome back to another edition of the Fourth and Forever podcast, uh, where this week we are continuing on with our series on draft needs for each NFL team. And today we're going to be hitting up the NFC, no, not the NFC, we're going to go for the AFC South. We've already done the NFC South. So we're going to go to check out what we think needs to happen for the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, a very volatile division itself. It seems to blow up pretty much every year. Uh, some surprises here and there. So I wonder what's gonna what we're gonna have in store in Houston to kick us off. We have the eleven and five Texans from last season. They're picking the first round is the twenty third overall. And where do we see them going, Darren? It's a double take when you say the eleven and five Texans. Yeah, yeah. Some somehow they just kept winning games. Like in, in spite of all their flaws, they just kept like rolling on. And that was after a very very poor start. Uh, how many was it? They won in a row. They won something like seven. nine, seven, seven, eight in a row. Yeah, I coming back to what we said in a couple of other podcasts is when you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, you end up with a, a later pick in the first round. And I kind of feel like the Texans team is a team that needs some help, uh, a bit of new, some new ideas and some new personnel. Yeah, twenty third overall. You know the. They've kind of cut themselves by playing so well last year, being successful last year. They've kind of put themselves in a position that says, "Yeah, we're gonna to have to probably go for the the best old lineman available." Oh, you reckon not... they're an offensive lineman? Yeah. <laughs> well, they have seven picks in the draft, so I reckon that should be uh, how many positions are there on the line? At least five offensive linemen, because yeah. they were god awful last year, trying to protect Deshaun Watson, quarterback. He was just one of those quarterbacks who was always running for his life with just a, a, a woeful offensive line in, in that, that needs to get better. In that playoff game, just standing there with the incense out and the crucifixes <laughs> and just pretty much digging Deshaun a grave, eh? He just, just lucky he survived that game. Um, mm-hmm, very much so. Didn't really get much chance to show anything in his first playoff game. And there was a really interesting stat about how Deshaun Watson had never lost the game by more than seven points through his whole career. So we're talking high school, yeah. college, and then that playoff game, he was all hyped up and yeah, he just had to go for a run. Didn't really get a chance <laughs> to throw the ball. And they were bounced. They were bounced really easily as well. And they're going to continue to do that unless they can make a couple of changes because that division's getting harder and mm. they, they don't have a lot. On the offensive side, they need to help them. And I think offensive line is probably... At, later in the draft, with the players that are moving up, I think that's probably going to be the deepest place they can help them at 23. Yeah, uh, so there is a lot of depth at the offensive line position. We reckon around about that time, we might have... Like, potentially, Andre Dillard might be there. Uh, otherwise, you might have Cody Ford, Greg Little, Dalton Risner still um, working his way up draft rankings. Very good uh, pass blocker and exceptional run blocker also, I suppose you could say. He's rising up an awful lot of draft boards. Anyone who comes in would surely manage to upgrade this offensive line. Julian Davenport at left tackle and just a series of other turnstiles there. Uh, They did bring in Matt Khalil from Carolina, but that's... uh, Well, I I would think he could still help upgrade there, despite the fact that he's not been what he could have been at Carolina. So... I've got a feeling he might go there and resurrect his career. Um, he, he certainly is going to help them somewhere, surely. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to um, resurrect your career. The, the, in the end, the, the offense just needs to be functional. The defense has been so strong that 
they just have to stay on the field when they're on the field, give the defence a break and put up, you know, 20-odd 20, 20 points a game. They've not been able to do it. They, they, they can do it to a level, and they, to be fair, the AFC um, South yep. <laughs> that they're in is weak. It's been weak for a while. And, um, you know, next year you're going to have Foles, Luck, Whoever else plays in that division. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, who's it going to be at Tennessee, of course? But we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later because obviously there has been some comings and goings. Other other areas which they could do with improving in, the person which keeps coming up on making the leap things every year is Lamar Miller. Never seems to get there. Uh, he was on the uh, around the NFL podcast list of players who need to worry because he's just not proved himself in, in quite some time he's got the Deontay Foreman just behind him but uh, there is a like, there is definitely scope that with uh, their second round pick that they could go somewhere running back like I, I, I can't imagine that they would go for that too much right off the bat I, I to be honest I would I could literally see them taking two offensive linemen with their first two or three picks yeah they've got to do something to support their franchise player and um, they've got two franchise players on the offense, and if they connect, then they win games. And um, DeAndre Hopkins and Sean Watson. So if they can give to Sean Watson, you know, even half a second more to throw a ball, Hopkins is going to catch it, and they will have Will Fuller next year. Yes, I can't see them going anywhere else. I just think it's going to be so deep at twenty-three in terms of that position. You know, um, Cody Ford, Andre Dillard, and Garrett Bradbury. There's players there that can come straight in and make an instant impact. There is a lot of uh, people talking, saying that they could do with a tight end as well. For some reason, not everyone's sold on the combination of Darren Fells and Ryan Griffin. So there is every potential that they might go for one of the tight ends there. Uh, again, some people calling for them to go for that with their first round pick. I just do not see that as being an option. But there just has to be offensive line for them. Uh, much like the Minnesota Vikings, they, they have one glaring need that they need to address and there should be the depth there. Unless all of the good <laughs> tackles are picked in front of them, and there is there's a chance that, that could happen because off- offensive lineman is a very coveted position these days. It's not glamorous, but it's very important. There's every chance that a lot of these guys could be could be gone. In the way that the Texans play, when you look at a tight end, are you looking more towards a blocking tight end? Um, that can help the offensive line? Are you looking more to like a straight line tight end like Wilson out of UCLA? Or if no offence, is he just the one you take if you're going for a tight end? Well, he would definitely be the athletic pass-catching type, I, w- I would say. Uh, I-, I would think that that would just depend on what happens, how far he falls. But I can't see him falling uh, deep enough into round two for them to be able to pick him up with the 54th or 55th pick. Uh, I think Wilson would be a good pick there if he's available. But it's like you say, it's about need. And, you know, if there's a couple of good cornerbacks still around, then mm-hmm. got to take someone that is more of a desperate need. You can trade for a tight end. Yeah. You can pick one up, you know. You can. And, uh, like, tight ends aren't always early round players. You can pick one up a little bit further back. You can still do some damage. Moving on from the Houston Texans, we have the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, certainly a surprise package from last year. Ended up at 10-6. and six. And in the first round, they have the 26th overall pick. Obviously, Andrew Luck came back and is really looking like his old self, if not better. Because Never he's in, in doubt. Stuart. Yes. Never in doubt. They, they are a team who do not need offensive line help 
on the face of it because they looked very, very good last season. We see them needing to give Luck some wide receiver help. Um, also, they could do with some help on the defensive side of the ball. They did just pick up uh, Justin Houston as, as uh, an edge rusher. How effective he's going to be after some injuries and maybe slowing down remains to be seen, but I do still really like that pick. So with the 26th pick, and then uh, they also have the 34th from the Jets in round two. So they've got a couple pretty close together, which means that they could get some pretty good value picks there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of have a free shot at this first round because of how well they did last year. They pick <laughs> up Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. And if you say that one and two is a hit and miss, they've already won this draft by having two hits early in last year's draft. Yeah. So they're just... All they need to do is just keep building. I, I, I kind of like um, someone like Mac Wilson from Alabama late in the first round. If they're taking, if they got Leonard, then they can put Wilson there as well. He's another winner, another player from a big college that you know that has won games and played in a pro style defense. And there's 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 lots of ways they can go. What do they do? They need more attacking threats, wide receivers, things like that. Well, in terms of wide receivers, obviously they've got T. Height. Sorry, T.Y. Hilton. Eugene! It's actually his real name. And they just picked up Devin Funches, who some people seem to be really high on. I thought he was a sneaky good signing. You think I so? You said that in the last podcast. Was... Yeah. One, one year, 12 million, was it? Yeah. Something well, like that. I mean, the thing with the Colts it's is low risk. they have the money and the NZPA want the money. NZPA. The NZPA? NZPA. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, They're uh, going into New Zealand Player Association territory <laughs> the, here. The NFLPA has been expecting more money to be spent on players. So this idea that they can spend a bit more money to get a few players in and kind of sure up that team. Funches was a you know he's a solid, solid acquisition at that point. Yeah, I would tend to agree. But uh, if there's a such a deep wide receiver class that if there's someone there that they think is going to make an instant difference, then... Well, if we were going to go down the wide receiver route, uh, either 26 or 34, where could we see them going? Do you see them as potentially Andy Isabella territory? Oh, I'd love that combination between him and Luck. I think that would be... That's a combination that I could maybe get a little bit excited about. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, Nikhil Harry um, could be a good good choice there. Um, you know, a bit more physical, get in about the defenders especially when you've got a quarterback as accurate as Andrew Luck yep, someone like uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside he's getting a lot of love on uh, Pro Football Focus Stanford boy yeah like he, he seems like he would be an interesting combination to go with Luck certainly wouldn't surprise me if they have been in some sort of conversation together if they weren't going to go there, we would see them maybe going for cornerback or defensive tackle. But of course, we have, as we have mentioned before, the cornerback class is not particularly deep this year yeah. outside the big three. Uh, if you're looking at the defensive line side of things as well, what would we maybe think they could go for there? Jerry Tillery can come in. He's a notch boy like Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Getting a bit of consistency there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the more I read about Jerry Tillery, the more I like him. Yeah. He's about six foot seven, three hundred pounds, a wrecking machine. Like he's uh, he's projected anywhere from top ten to middle of the second round. It's going to be depend depend on how it falls in yep. the end. Just who takes who. People are going to reach for players. That's going to completely change the outlook of the draft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> still means something <laughs> yeah please do please do 
Do you have a have a hunch? Uh, do you, do you think that like wide receiver help is kind of a nailed on thing here or interior line? If Tillery is there, do you take him? Yes. Question for you: If Dexter Lawrence is still there, would you take him over Jerry Tillery? He's much bigger. <laughs> he's, he's a big guy, <laughs> but you know, Jerry Tillery is, uh, is is more the, the taller sort. Um, so like he's a little like he's a little more rangy, but he's still two hundred ninety five pounds. He's no three hundred and forty pounds, uh, Dexter Lawrence, but he's still big. I, I would it, never tell him to his face that he's small. I guess it depends on the the scheme, um, the difference between the scheme. At, the Colts and the scheme at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, you stick a big guy in the middle, you jam him up there, you know? But when you have, you already got Leonard, I, I, to myself, I'd be a bit more rangy, a bit more athletic and a bit smaller in that position. I'd be more like, I would go Tillery. But, you know, the Colts are kind of an old school organisation that will probably appreciate having someone that's Three hundred and fifty pounds. I still think they should go after Indomitian Sue, but that's my personal. He's not signed yet. No. No, he's still floating around. Anyway, uh, we should probably move on, and we'll hit up the Jacksonville Jaguars this time. So Jacksonville, everyone knows that they sucked last season for the most part. Obviously, it was entirely down to Blake Bortles and no one else. So they found themselves with a five and eleven record, and uh, they come in with the seventh overall pick. Now, the, the needs that they have, I would say that offensive line would be quite a big one that they would need to work on there. They could do with an edge rusher. Uh, but yeah, you could have someone else on the linebacker side of things there. You know it's Metcalf. <laughs> you talk all around it. I think the defense <laughs> would throw a fit if they didn't take Metcalf. Yeah. The defense don't need any help. They, they feel completely fine. If they don't start getting some offensive weapons, I think they're going to have a full-scale mutiny on their hands. Yeah, the, the DK Metcalf thing here is it, it's really it's staring me in the face. It's a massive reach, but yes. it's the kind of player they need that will sell shirts and just make the defence a bit happier. He's also a southern boy. Yeah, if, if he if he works out very well, then you're going to have a quite quite a scary wide receiver core, really. Like I do quite rate Didi Westbrook. Yeah. Marcus Lee's rapid, well, uh, yes. Chris Conley there as well. Uh, Keelan Cole was doing some damage last season as well. He he has all this potential. He just doesn't change direction quickly. But if you use Might him right, need to. yeah, just just lob it over the top and see see where he ends up. Provided yeah, providing Nick Foles can drop that deep ball, and we have seen him do it. accurate enough to get something going. Mm. Like. They've, take, they've spent a lot of money on Foles, mm. but the cap goes up by 15% a year or whatever, so the money needs to be spent anyway. But what Bortles was the lowest, the top three in fumbles, fumbles recovered <laughs> and interceptions in like his time at Jackson. Foles is not going to be that bad. Like He, he just isn't going to be. It'd be very unlikely that he'd be that bad. So anything, and that, and that is you already upgraded <laughs> at least a couple, a couple of ranks, the yeah. QBR ratings. Well, I remember during one of our earlier podcasts, I gave you the over under on Nick Foles' success, and it was not very good. But no. it's still going to be better than Blake Bortles, yeah. <laughs> which is not hard. Like, I'm pretty sure you could just sit down and take a sack every. Uh, Play and still play better than Bortles. I'm intrigued about their contract situation. Like, 
where Clayus Campbell and some of these guys on defence sitting in terms of their contracts? When can they opt out? When when does their money cease to be paid? Like they need to use this defence while they have it. But at the same time, if they don't do well with Foles this year, they might have the opportunity to draft one of like five first round rated quarterbacks next year. So it kind of is a three year for them to because if they get a top ten pick pick next year, they have you know, it'll be three or four quarterbacks they can go with. You're suggesting organic tanking. No, I'm saying that they have to try and win now, but if they don't, at least they can kind of reset next year quite okay, easily. Okay. So, so, but so, I think you have to give Foles as many weapons as possible. You have to at least... Give him a chance. Give it a chance. Um, he, well, they could also do with the tight end. That's seven. Not no, because you know you know my thoughts on early like drafting of tight ends. Broncos will be so sad if uh, the tight end gets taken away from three picks earlier. Yeah, well, I I, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest um, if they decided to go for someone like T.J. Hawkinson out of Iowa or Noah Fant. He might even might, people might even think that he's a, a more appropriate tight end for this sort of system. Uh, but I I do think that the wide receiver DK Metcalf is the one that they're going to go for. Yeah. The- thing that intrigues me about the NFL over like the NBA, for example, is that being aggressive with trades just isn't really an NFL thing. Because if it was me and I was the GM of this team, I would be going, well, I'm going to be really aggressive and try and get Burton from the Bears. I might mm. actually go and pick up a tight end that Foles is familiar with. And then I don't need to spend my first round pick on a tight end. Mm. I just waste a couple of picks next year and but actually what you, what get, to give get up to a get player you, I know will work. There's yeah, there's um, something to be said for that, but it depends on how much you have to give up. And uh, stockpiling picks is something which people see a lot of value in because they feel that you have a greater chance to hit on something as well as reduce your uh, like the number you have against the cap. <sighs> yeah, uh, that's that's just... That really, I suppose. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, they've got a couple of options. Uh, they, they certainly have some glaring needs. They, they feel as if they might have solved something at quarterback. I'm still not entirely convinced by Nick Foles. It really depends on which Foles are you going to get. Are you going to get the uh, little dink and dunk guy? Or are you going to get the guy who's lobbing up for nearly 600 yards in the Super Bowl? What do you think the over-under on Jalen Ramsey packing a fit is going to be next year? <laughs> you can you can rank that. Like I, I would have thought that, that just would not be like, saying, out there. No one would be doing that. Three quarters, <laughs> especially if the first game is against like the Colts or something and away, and they're not doing very well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I wonder, There'll be a tweet from the sideline. He's going to have to go back and reassess his list uh, where he uh, told everyone which quarterbacks were good and which ones sucked. He loved Blake Bortles. <laughs> I so I don't think that's the best bit of PR he's done since he's been there. <laughs> Very interesting stance that Jalen Ramsey took. Uh, so moving on from them, we're going to finish up the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans. And we reckon that with them picking at the 19th overall pick after a 9-7 record. They finished 9-7? They lost to the um, Colts at the end, so they could have could have had a 10-6 and record. Hmm. Well, they've uh, upgraded a couple of positions already. They've uh, brought in Adam Humphreys from Tampa Bay, who we really like. Very interesting, like pretty much pure slot receiver. Can really do some damage. And that's the sort of guy that some, someone like Marcus Mariota would be screaming out for 
But of course, it's not just Marcus Mariota there anymore. You have Ryan Tannehill nipping on his heels, just letting him know that this is a quarterback competition. And of course, they still have Corey Davis there, wide receiver. We still see room to improve from from then back because you know Humphreys, like we say, is a slot guy. You've got Corey Davis and you've got Tajay Sharp, who's never really quite fulfilled his initial promise. So there's opportunities to be had there. But also on the offensive line, they could really do with improving and certainly could do with another edge rusher. Although in saying that, they have just brought in the 175-year-old Cameron Wake uh, on a three-year contract. Hey, as long as he's producing. I'm all about that. Cameron Wake's awesome. Love him. Excellent player, excellent story. And as long as he's getting close to double-digit sacks every year, keep paying him. Keep paying him to come back. The one thing that frustrates me about Tennessee is you sign, you draft Mariota. And it's very similar to the Panthers with um, Cam. Cam. Is that you protect them. You try and make them more of a pocket player and kind of slow the game down. And... When you've been a player that's used to moving a certain way and playing in certain kind of standards, and this happens in all sports, if you're asked to adjust that, that's when these injuries happen. I probably thinks can they draft like some witch or something to give them a bit of good <laughs> luck in the first round just to keep Mariota on the field, you know? And actually, because a lot of his injuries have come from offensive linemen falling on him, tight ends running into like he just. They haven't been playing a system that gets him out in the open. He doesn't actually get to run. And because people people are scared of letting quarterbacks run because they think that's how they get injured. But he's getting injured in the pocket. Marcus Mariota is getting injured in the in huddle. His house. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like he's just uh, opening his eyes in the morning and uh, the piano is falling through his ceiling. Is, is he cursed? Uh, it's not quite Steve Lovell falling through his coffee table the morning <laughs> of a Scottish Cup semi-final. But it's definitely... Yeah, there's definitely a bit of bad luck in there. And I think if you're asking someone to adjust their throwing motion, their pocket presence, the way they play, these hamstring tears that he's had, these are things that happen when he's not running, throwing on the run like he's had been his whole career. Like I just... They need... They wouldn't have Lafleur now. I don't. Yeah, that's he's gone. So maybe this new system will maybe be a bit more expansive. Look, if you're going to bring in Tannehill, and you're going to put it on Mariota, and say to him, "You've only got a couple more years of this, mate." At least let him play to his strengths then, because he's been paid. He's got, you know, he got money. Just if he gets injured, you got Tannehill. So actually, just let him. Just let let him loose and say we're going to actually use the talents you have at your disposal. Yeah, we'll play a fifteen second <clears throat> clock and we'll actually speed the game up a bit and see what you can do. <laughs> because playing to the forty five or the forty every play isn't Mariota's. I don't know why you would bring him in from a Chip Kelly offense and think that you can slow it completely down and that's hurry gonna, up. Just run, yeah, let's that's going to bring stop. back that hurry up offense which proved so well for him at Oregon. Uh, obviously, it's not like he doesn't have running backs to help him. No, not at all. With uh, with Derek Henry just dominating for parts of last season, you see that the potential is there. Dion Lewis being really handy out the backfield, a good uh, thunder and lightning combination, like the old uh, Lendale White and Chris Johnson days there. They did also take in Roger Saffold to short left guard boy. position. Big, big boy, big signing. 
but um, they still look a little bit awkward on the, uh, that interior, particularly to the right. I could still see with them upgrading at that stage. Of course, they do just have likes of Delaney Walker out there, but um, they could, like we say, we could do with another edge rusher uh, other than Cameron Wake. So, yeah, Delaney we'll, Walker is coming back. Yes, I yeah, believe so. So he's come, signed an hour. He's getting older. But. He's, he's getting there. But he, well, don't, don't tell him that. He, he wants <laughs> to be playing forever. He's the, the best in the world. So, yeah, with the 19th pick, where do we see them going? I'd be looking at, for me, like an athletic. They've got a few players, but an athletic offensive lineman would be pretty solid. Um, if they can get some help at wide receiver. Yes. Um, I, I kind of look at, they might be the kind of team that will take a chance on, you know... Um, Montez Sweat if he drops. Okay, yeah. Or Gary if he drops as well. Um, otherwise, it's it's going to be offensive line. If there's not any clear, solid player at edge, then yeah, wide receiver or offensive line. Wide receiver, they've got much more chance of hitting on, I think, cause just because how deep that that is. But a lot of people are saying that it's going to be deep from now on. Because yeah. of the systems college teams are playing, wide receiver is just going to be deep regardless, and you may as well... Just pick up three of them in training camp and see. Yeah. See if one of them, you know, just get some undrafted boys and see if you can make a team. Yeah. Rather than spending high picks on them. Yeah. I could also see them potentially going for a linebacker, to be honest, because uh, aside from uh, Wesley Woodyard, who they got from Denver the other season, they don't really seem to have too much else there. Uh, but well, nothing much that I would rate anyway. Devin Bush would be good if he was still there. Yep, absolutely. I don't um, don't think that would be a reach at all. I think Mac Wilson at nineteen would be a reach, but at fifty one he could be pretty solid. So yeah, yeah. There's a few ways they can go. I just it, they're one of those teams. Um, they actually they, look quite solid on paper. So yeah. I guess we'll they see. They just where need to add more talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that will have to do it for the AFC South. The clock is really ticking down to the draft now, so please join us next time for our final one on the AFC East or go back and listen to all of our other content. I particularly liked our one that we did on the AFC North. I thought that one was uh, was real good. Lots of swearing and stuff in it, but it was bleeped out if it was anything bad. Anything other than shit. Sorry. It was the shit. It was the shit. Anyway, thank you and goodbye. Yeah.